0: Hello and welcome back to Talking Leadership. Thanks for joining me again. Just a couple of housekeeping things before we get into the final podcast for 2022, which I'm looking forward to sharing with you. This month spells the end of my podcasting for 2022, and thanks to all of my previous guests that have helped me hit a milestone this month with the release of 200 discussions around the leadership issue, and this could only be done through the time and commitment put in by my guests, so I'm very grateful for that a lot more content to come in 2023 including the release of a new channel looking at a deeper dive into leadership issues which i can't wait to share with you and finally i'll be joined by a new production manager so a lot more to come next year and i can't wait for that my guest today is fiona manson fiona is the manager for global procurement and supply at groundprobe fiona's joined me previously in podcasts through the best practice network and i'd like to say g'day to everyone at uh, the Best Practice Network and of course to Neil Corden who has also helped me out from Ground Probe as a guest on the podcast. So thanks everyone. Let's head over to the discussion and a chat with Fiona. G'day Fiona, how are you mate?
1: Yeah good, thanks Eric.
0: Your leadership in its beginning so walk us through how you got to the role you're in today.
1: Yeah well look my deliberate leadership journey I'd say really only started when I joined here at Ground Probe about four years ago. So it it was, you know, access to the right sort of mentorship, you know, Neil Corden, you've had on your show before. He's been a really strong supporter of me and mentor, which is so valuable. So I became more self-aware and, you know, and the best ways I can harness uh, my strengths to be a better leader. But I'd probably say before that, my leadership styles were more subtle and maybe more intuitive. So, you know, my dominant qualities and attributes were around strategic thinking, relationship building, evolving and innovating processes. And, you know, I hold myself to a high standard of, you know, values and ethics. And and that's in, you know, my profession. So I've been doing purchasing and procurement for over 10 years. So you know, that that's the skills I needed to do my role effectively. So I feel that they're really strong foundations for what it has. So that's, you know, I, I kind of look at, you know, I already possessed some of these qualities. And then thanks to ground probe and meal that I, I've been able to really, you know, try and master my craft which has been a hell of a journey i can tell you that now so <laughs>
0: thank you for sharing I, I guess the the interest for me is um having having the connections through the the best practice network and with ground probe to see what are the different views around leadership now i, I would suggest to you and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not having a go at neil in any way, is that you're in that younger cohort of leader <laughs> that's coming through the system so given your experiences with ground probe and in other roles. So I'm not asking you to pick one uh, industry or another um, necessarily is your definition of leadership. So how how would you define the topic area? Remembering again, there's no right or wrong here. It's just your your perspective of it, Matt.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, m- my opinion in the commercial sense is, you know, a leader needs to possess, you know, all, all these great qualities So. Mm-hmm. You know being inspiring and self-aware and I, I think that's that that can be seen in any leader but you know it's it's not just about i guess em, empowering your team but it you know what you what you can get out of the people around you and the you know cross departments and things like that so i, I find you've got to be a, a pretty avid uh, politician and um, a pretty keen negotiator that's definitely some elements for um, you know those leadership qualities in the commercial space.
0: Did you expect the level of, of people management to be such an element of being in the role that you are now or is that something that um, came over time? So were you prepped for that in your own mind, do you think, or was it, did it come out of left field?
1: Well, I mean, fortunately I had Neil sort of giving me all the the tips and tricks and the secrets to, you know, what worked for him in his career and what didn't. And, you know, and then I'm a bit of a self learner. I've been following your podcast for a little while. So it, it's really, really good to sort of get that take, but People, we're, we're, all, we're all difficult and we're all so different. And, you know, what I wasn't prepared for is how I would have to change my styles and approach to, you know, accommodate because everyone's different. So that's um, definitely been one of the larger challenges that came out of left field, I guess.
0: Do you feel as a younger emerging leader any pressure to get it right all the time is that something that that is hangs over you or is it are you happy to engage with it and if you make a mistake then correct it and move on Is that something that you ever worry about?
1: I like to get things right all the time. And what I'm definitely rapidly learning is you're not always going to be perfect. So you want a heart surgeon to be a perfectionist and a pilot. They're they're the professions you want to be a perfectionist. You know, you want to make sure that your approach is well practiced and doing it in safe environments. And like look, I've been leading up to, you know, different situations and trying to make sure I'm adequately prepared. Some stuff does catch you off guard and it's about how you redeem yourself if you're not quick enough on your feet. And I think that's been one of the largest challenges I've experienced is that agility and being quick to respond and not go into fight or flight mode and make a bit of a ding dong of yourself. But look, if if you do, you can always redeem yourself if if you're humble and if you're in the wrong, apologize and own up to it. So I, I think that that's was something I was very fearful of. And, you know, the more you practice, they say practice makes perfect. So I don't think I'll ever attain perfect, but I'll, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs>
0: Can, I think trying to be perfect in a leadership role is just... um it's never going to happen and you're going to set yourself up for ongoing failure if that's if that's your mindset it definitely doesn't sound like that is your mindset so let me take you to the next topic area which is around and I I didn't term the phrase but I like the sound of it is that lonely road of leadership so is the leadership pathway a lonely one or one that is as lonely as you make it
1: absolutely right Uh... My question is, does it have to be? And, you know, when I've done, you know, professional sort of training around leadership, that's probably been one of the most confronting thing. Uh, I love people. I love to be around people. I don't like to disappoint people, even though sometimes you do. But, you know, that's just a personal trait of mine. But, you know, that's a really interesting question. And do we really need to isolate ourselves as leaders? And why do we do it? And it made me think, and I thought, do we do that because we're trying to protect ourselves from people, you know, attacking you or using your, you know, your weaknesses against you? And, you know, that's something that I've seen over the years, not the ground probe. It's probably one of the first places that I've felt safe enough to you know, be ambitious and take my leadership journey. But a lot of other sort of leaders that I've looked to in in the history of my working is people get protective. They don't want to share their knowledge. And whether that's because they don't want it to be used against them, or they don't want to have their job taken. So, It is one of those things. I don't think it needs to be lonely. And what I found is you need a network like a community. I did a women in leadership program the other year, and that was great. And we all still keep in touch. Um, The facilitator was amazing. And I felt that that was what also gave me additional confidence in, in being open.
0: That idea of collaborative leadership and making yourself vulnerable and and sharing your knowledge and, and sharing what your strategic advantages are. I think some leaders will not do that because they don't want to give away their edge and particularly give that away to those that are up on the come up. And that that tension is always going to be there because unfortunately, as you mature and age into a role, there's going to be younger people coming in and wanting the same things that you did. And so I think it there's a high degree of being magnanimous and being open to helping those on the come up. If you're already there or if you're not, like you said, I think networking is probably the best way to do it with your peers and sort of grow your skill sets together if that's if that's how you're oriented and it, it sounds like that you're happy to do that uh, you, you've answered the question a very different way I haven't heard it answered that way before that does it need to be lonely I, I guess yeah I don't, I don't have a response to that and I'm the one asking the question I don't know if there is a an optimal response other than to say for me I think at that point we have to make a decision one way or another and and uh, I'll use an example of if you have to let somebody go because the, the economics of the business means that the roles become redundant I think that conversation one of the hardest conversations you'll ever have with another human being if you're prepared to deliver the news yourself. Fiona, how do you measure success? And I don't just mean um, numbers. So uh, as a leader, what's your your measure of success, mate?
1: Yeah, this is a, a very open question. And I love asking this in interviews when I'm interviewing people because it's a good perception on how people think. But I've found the most rewarding sense since I've gone into sort of more leadership roles here is seeing other people do a great job even if they're not directly reporting to me and seeing everyone collaborate and get together as a team just to get the job done and there's no you know us and them or everyone just gets in so that is how I know I'm doing a great job if I'm facilitating and encouraging people to work in harmony and that's that's a good day for me
0: is there a buzz for you if you see someone who's come in junior progressing their way through your team is that something that you would consider a measure of success for you
1: yeah especially if I can give them any support or guidance or even efforts or a recommendation or a little push and imparting the knowledge I've learned over the last couple of years you know, it's the, the uncomfortable areas where you grow. So you've got to lean into it. You've got to remind people just to lean into it. So if, if I can have a hand in that. That makes me feel really
0: good so the reason I, I I use this particular theme is that it's interesting to me that some human beings will get some joy out of seeing others progressing and I do remember in a, in a previous job that I held that when I advised my then manager that I was moving on she was quite upset but happy in a in a, in a good way that hey you you're moving on and you you're doing other bigger and better things and um, yeah I think it's the mark of a, of a very successful and and human focused leader that you get can draw some what's the word I'm looking for you can draw some energy from those that are succeeding around you because it's only gonna make you more successful, but that's not why you do it. It's just a byproduct of that process. And um yeah, I think we've all met Leaders like that, they're, they're not that common, but they do exist. So let me, if we can transition, Fiona, leader capability. So for you, what are the most critical uh, for you? Remember, no right or wrong here. It's just from your experience.
1: As much as I, I'm not always aligned with being the, the politician, I've found that uh, not in my nature. So I think that's actually actual really important element because, you know, it comes down to the negotiation. But what, if anything's taught us, COVID has shown us how we have to be adaptable and flexible as managers and more sort of trusting, a little bit more risk-taking and compassionate. You know, we, we want to be fair and inspiring and you've got to have that self-awareness as well. It's working, what's not working, what are you doing? Have you got any blind spots? Uh, I think all pretty important attributes and that adaptability and flexibility has ever been, that's so important now.
0: I would ask you the following, if I could, just to tease out one of the responses you gave, if if I could, is the difference between being a manager and being a leader. Are you seeing that more and more in your travels? And, and again, why I ask this is it's been put to me that management is about process and operations, whereas leadership is about people and strategy and, and looking forward to the future. So do you, do you buy into that dichotomy or do you believe that they're intermixed?
1: Um, you can be both, I feel, um, but you do have managers and you, you can have leaders. You'll find that leaders have a strong influence over all areas, not just the direct reports or the process. And I find, you know, the profession that I do, because you've got that end-to-end sort of supply chain touch points, you really need to to have that across business Process understanding. So, you know, to be recognized as a leader, you need to be able to influence in multiple departments. So I think that's where it's really, that's what differentiates it. Whereas, you know, a manager may not have leadership qualities either. A manager, um, we've all had managers that you think, how did you get there? And That could be through, you know, promotion, uh, just because they've been there the longest or or whatever, because they might not have any people skills. And that's, you know, you've got to be a people person when you're dealing with, you know, these human beings. We are complex creatures, so I find... They can either be the same or separate. Uh, it just depends, I guess, on the person and their motivation and what they work in.
0: Do you think then, this is a little bit off track, but it, it's around leadership, so I'll, I'll get it back there in a second, that, that the industry that you work in can and does shape the kind of leadership that you need to apply when you're talking to your suppliers or people on the supply chain that are outside your business you will present I would have thought the leader the inspirational person the the one showing the way versus being the operational um, line type duties which are within the business does that does that make sense
1: yeah it does but i live in A world where there's unicorns (laughs) (laughs) you have to possess it all. I think, you know, I've mainly worked in in manufacturing for all my career, so I I can't really talk to, say, service industry or anything like that. And, you know, it, it could be different across industries, but I feel, you know, my exposure, I feel that you can do both.
0: The next topic area, the nature versus nurture question. Are leaders born or are they made? Good question. I hope you got a good answer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, uh, it could be both, but, you know, you've got to build capacity in the areas that makes you a leader. Uh, You can have your natural personality, but to be a great leader, you need to possess certain skills and that can be learned through the right role models, the right mentorship, being self-aware. Being self-motivated to go find out about yourself, being reflective, getting feedback is so important, how you can grow as a person. I think there are natural leaders, but I think you can also make leaders, people who have the right personality and the right motivation.
0: Yeah that sounds like your response but might be in part influenced by the the nature of the industry that you work in that you can develop people to get there and I haven't heard it put that way but it's interesting I I think um and My thinking changes week to week or discussion to discussion, but I think there's a mix of nature and nurture. So there are some people you meet that have got that X factor and, and people gravitate to them. They're persuasive communicators. They're really good listeners. They get to the number of an issue. And can paint a vision quite easily through storytelling and narrative, and get people on board. Now that some people can build that and become very good at it, or some have got it naturally. And I've also met some people, and, and some that I've hosted on the podcast in the very um, in the very early days, that said to me, and I don't take this as an insult. They've said, "Eric, you're naturally an introvert." I've, I've said, "Yes, that's not that's a known to most people that know me." Uh, but some of my guests said we built our capacity to lead and to talk and to be extroverted when we needed to through experience and through training. And it's always interesting that with this question, I think there's always that mix of things and I'm yet to meet the human being and you haven't done this obviously. And I've yet to meet someone who's extreme, either one end they're all just born, or one end. They're all just made, and I think that mix in the middle is is probably the the most um realistic of the responses you can get. But whatever your view is, is your view, and I'm I'm not here to judge uh, what that view is. But it's just it's just interesting to see where people sit. So I'm I'm a fence sitter still. Um, I don't I, I don't know whether to go more for made than born. But given the now, and and this is a qualifier, I guess, and it, it's um something I've been thinking about for a little while. We'll we'll get your thoughts on this. Is the more complex the world of work is getting, the more you have to be adaptable to change. And you you said this in your response before. The more you have to be a self-reflective practitioner. This idea of people being born as leaders, I think, is dying away more and more. I think you've got to create people and skill them up to deal with those things. I mean, natural ability is something you have to bring to the table, but I think developing people to understand that world of work is going to become more important, not less important into the future. What would be your view of that statement?
1: Being a born leader, you know, I'd I'd be very jealous because you probably don't have to work very hard at it. And I know I've had to work bloody hard to, you know, craft my skills and and unleash it. But I definitely think that, you know, the more adaptable you need to be, you as a leader, you've always got to grow and extend. The the world's changing so much. Um, You know, we're moving from you know different revolutions to global warming and you know the world's just crazy so we we need to look at ways that people can just unleash you know their best selves
0: can't disagree with that so final topic area Fiona looking back at your leadership pathway what would you say to a younger version of yourself about being a more effective leader
1: yeah well i mean just starting out on the journey I think the hardest thing I had to do was decide what I wanted and not be scared to be ambitious. Identify what that is. Be ambitious. It's okay. Uh, Just don't be arrogant. Find those strong networks and mentorship and community and go for it. Get as much information as you can. Be open-minded and caring. And aware of your surroundings and your people and how you're impacting. I remember Neil always used to say to me when I first started on this journey, every conversation counts and it all matters. So when you walk away from a conversation with someone, even if it was a casual one and you're in a bad mood, reflect on that and say, okay, well, how would that person have perceived me? Is that sort of how how I want to convey myself as a strong leader? So that's that. that probably sums up what I impart to a younger Fiona for sure.
0: So, before we go, Fiona, what is it you do at Ground Probe and how can people get in touch?
1: So, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Ground Probe is a, a success story, which is great. We've been around for 21 years and uh, it was a product born out of a industry funded PhD. You can Check out the really cool 20-year anniversary video on YouTube. That will uh, give you some insight to what we do here as a company. But it's definitely I've got so many great leaders within this business that I, I can lean on. Not just Neil, who I've mentioned. He he, um, you know, I work directly under him. But anyone who can have a coffee with the CEO and share your thoughts and ideas is a, a pretty innovative company. So. Pretty proud to be part of the group.
0: Well, congratulations to you and, and thank you to the good people at Ground Probe. So for those listening, I'll be speaking to Fiona Manson, who is the manager global procurement and supply at Ground Probe. Thanks, mate. Thank you. For those listening, this has been the Talking Leadership Podcast. Stay safe and healthy and we'll catch everyone on the next podcast.